0: Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you again, praising your name, thanking you for all the blessings that you bestow upon us, and for that we say thank you. Lord, now we know it's time to hear the word, Lord. And as you touch Brother Walker, touch it from his head to his toe, guiding, leading and directing, order his steps in your word. All these blessings we ask in Jesus' name. In the powerful, powerful, powerful name of Jesus, we say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen, amen. Praise God. Thank
1: hallelujah to our God. We praise our God today. We praise him today because he is worthy of all praises. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the years. Thank you for those years that you've been with us. Thank you for your divine protection over our families And our friends, today to you be the glory, and we thank you for all that you've done. But we come into this sanctuary to praise you today. I said we come to praise you today because. You are the one who gives the wisdom and knowledge to the doctors when we get sick. We praise you today for watching over our children. For you are worthy of our praise today. I know the mountains praise you and the grass praise you. The oceans praise you. The trees praise you. And so we praise you today. We glorify and magnify your name today. Nobody. Nobody. Nobody, nobody can help us like you, for when we call to you, you answer us. In the midst of all the mess we have ourselves in, you answer us. And so How far God has brought me. When I look back and I think of the places where I didn't understand at that time, but now I understand. All I can say is, to God be the glory. I know all of you have the same experiences, or you wouldn't be here today. We know that God has been good to all of you. And so we thank him on this special Pentecost Sunday. It is known to love the Christian community as the birthday of the church. It was the day that the Holy Spirit came down to begin the formation of the church and to be with the church forever. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come down sparingly on individuals as God used them for his purpose. But since the day of Pentecost, when someone proclaims Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, which is a requirement of entry into the church, which is the body of Christ, the Spirit stays with them forever. Hallelujah, somebody. I said forever. And so we celebrate this day and remember God's grace and his mercy for this formation of his church. Now the text we usually use to celebrate this day is the second chapter of the book of Acts, which everybody is probably familiar with, but today we're going to look at a different text see how the Holy Spirit helps us today. For you see, most of us have been in the valley. I said most of us have been in the valley and some of us are in the valley right now. Amen. In the valley of life. And if we haven't, There yet? We will be there at some point in our lives. You can count on that. But it is the Holy Spirit, watch this now, that, that lifts us out of the valley. It's the Holy Spirit who lifts us out of the valley. So today we want to see how we can climb, climb out of the the valley of troubles. We've been in troubles. We want to see how we can get out of trouble. How do I get out of this valley that has that's got me inside of it? I want to climb out the valley. I want to go up to the mountaintop on this Pentecost Sunday. The Apostle Paul gives us a clue how to do this in his, letter to, his second letter to Timothy, chapter 1 verses 6-7 where he tells Timothy, uh, this young man uh, who stopped his ministry, he says, for this reason I remind you to keep alive the gift that God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For the spirit that God gave you does not make you timid, Instead, his spirit fills us with power, love, and self-control. In the King James it says, stir up, stir up the gift that I gave you. Meaning, ignite the fire. You see, fire is a sign of the Holy Spirit. But today we want to look at an Old Testament text that that brings up what Paul told Timothy more vividly and how we can either climb out of the valley or be sustained in the valley. You know, it's not either that we climb out of the valley all the time. Sometimes God keeps us in the valley and sustains us while we're in the valley so we can strengthen ourselves. Amen. And so I want to talk to you today, I want to use the title, There's Fire in the Valley. There's Fire in the Valley. Our text will be uh, the prophet Ezekiel chapter 37 verses 1 through 10. Uh, First six verses we'll look at the trouble in the valley, and 7 through 10 we'll look at then came the fire in the valley. I'm going to ask Deacon Smith if he will read our text for the day. And while he's coming, I'll ask you to turn up all your cell phones or electronic equipment or whatever you have. Deacon Smith, please. please. <coughs>
0: Ezekiel thirty-seven chapter verses one through ten. I felt the powerful presence of the Lord, and His Spirit took me and set me down in the valley where the ground was covered with bones. He led me all around the valley, and I could see that there were very many bones, very many bones. and that that they were very dry. He said to me, mortal man, can those bones come back to life? I replied, servant Lord, only you can answer that. He said, he said, prophesies to the bones, tell these dry bones to listen at the word of the Lord tell them that I, the serpent of the Lord, am saying to them, I am going to put breath into you and bring you back to life. I will give you sinews nose and muscles and cover you with skin. I will put reach into you and bring you back to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesize as I have been told while I was speaking, I heard a rattling noise, and the bones began to join together. Together, while I watched the bones of the sinews and muscles, and then with skin, but there was no breath in the in the bodies. God said to me, "Mortal man." Motho men prophesied to the wind, to the wind that the southern home commands it to come from every direction and breath into these dead bodies and to bring them back to life. So I prophesize Forgive me, I can't how read this. eyes, as I've been told, breath entered the bodies and they came to life and, and stood me, Stood up. There were enough of them to form an army. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: Praise the Lord. Somebody praise, praise the, Lord, the, Lord. the Lord. get God. God, hand clap and pray. Let's do it. Let's do it. I would ask that you uh, uh, please pay attention to that because God is going to tell us something today. The 37th chapter of Ezekiel uh, contains a prophecy of the Jews' return from captivity in their own land. That's the original meaning for it, but we're going to look at it a different way today, uh, from our own perspective. Amen. And we can see in the first six verses that there's, there's trouble in the valley. There's trouble in the valley. Uh, some of us have been there, done that. As I said earlier, some of us are still there. Uh, so not only were we down among the dry bones, but some of us were the dry bones, amen? so we can relate to this situation uh, we can relate to, relate to Ezekiel as he's in this valley of dry bones. As I said earlier, we have been there, or we are there, or presently, or if we're not, we will be there. Now, how long we stay there depends on how we act with the help from our heart. Holy Spirit, I want you to listen to me. uh, Too many times we rely on our own self to take care of our situations. Amen, somebody. Only in the last resort do we fall down on our knees and stop praying. We say, well, I can't do it, so now I think I better go to God now. we 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 got it backwards. We should be praying to God first for His Holy Spirit because I'm here to tell you the Holy Spirit is awesome. Absolutely awesome. We can do nothing without Him. Listen to Ezekiel's words in the first six verses of our sermon. He says, I felt the powerful presence of the Lord and his spirit took me and set me down in the valley where the ground was covered with bones he led me all around the valley and I could see that there were many bones and they were not dry but they were very dry And he said to me, mortal man, can these bones come back to life? I replied, Sovereign Lord, only you can answer that. And he said to prophesize to the bones and tell these dry bones to listen to the word of the Lord and tell them that I, the Sovereign Lord, am saying to them, I am going to put breath into you and bring you back to life. I will give you sinews and muscles and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and bring you back to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. You see, right from the beginning, uh, in the valley, there's nothing but dry bones there. And you know, we've been there but whenever, whenever you're in, in the valley sometimes, there, there's nothing spectacular about being in the valley. Most of the time, we try to get out of the valley. I don't want to be here among these dry bones. I want to come out of
2: here.
1: It was possible I want to go onto the mountain top. But I know I want to get out of this valley. There's no life here. So it is when we encounter our troubles, we find ourselves in this depressed area of emotions that are trying to overwhelm us. Nothing seems to go our way. We keep trying to climb our way out, but we keep slipping back into our troubles. The only company we seem to have is a lot of dry bones, which doesn't make our situation any better. But even in the state of depression we sometimes find ourselves in, there's always a a ray of hope. Might be small, but, but there's a ray of hope no one should ever be hopeless. There should never be a situation that you come into that it's hopeless that you can't get out of it. It should never be like that. God didn't make us like that. There always has to be some kind of hope. We may not see it. We may not feel it, but there has to be hope. In verse one of our text, it tells us that the spirit set Ezekiel down in the valley that was covered with dry bones. He set the prophet down, not on the mountaintop, but in the valley. <laughs> he didn't even set him down on level ground, he set him down in the valley where no one wants to go. Because God is going to show him something. And the same with us sometimes. Sometimes when we're in the valley, God is going to show us something. If we just be quiet and be still and let God have his way, God's going to show us something. And when we get in the valley, don't sit there and say, oh, woe is me. No, just be still and wait on the Lord. He's coming. He's just having to figure out some way there. But he's coming. He always comes. So he sets Ezekiel down <laughs> in this valley. I mean, again, God is trying to tell Ezekiel something the same way he's trying to tell us something when we go in the valley. Life is such a way that everybody wants to be on a mountain top, but nobody wants to be in the valley. We want to have control over our situation at all times, but that's not how life is, is it? There are times sometimes where we can't even pray. We're so deep in the valley. There's times when we're below the dry bones. And we wonder if God knows that I'm there. I'm covered up with these bones. Does God know I'm there? Of course God knows you're there. He knows you're there. God is just waiting. (laughs) Well, what is God waiting on? We don't know, but God knows. He's waiting because God is going to move you out of that valley. <laughs> so, and I, and I can hear someone say, why would the Spirit lead Ezekiel into the valley of dry bones? Well, the same could be said of Jesus when the Holy Spirit led him into the desert or of Moses when he was in the desert or the apostle Paul when he's in the radiant desert you see sometimes in the valley God transforms us <laughs> the transformer doesn't come on the mountaintop the transformation comes in the valley when we're down to our last penny when everybody says they can't help you When there's no way, no hope, you can see no hope, that's when God's transforming power starts to move. (laughs) That's why we have to have trust and wait on the Lord. That's why we have to trust in the Lord. We got to trust in the Lord because God is trying to tell us something and show us something. Well, the answer here, uh, they, were, they were all, Moses and the Apostle Paul, uh, they were all being refined <laughs> like gold. Of course, in the case of Jesus, his humanity was being refined because Jesus is God himself. <laughs> you see, when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, we are like gold. In the eyes of God. I want you to listen to this. We are like gold in God's eyes. And I know you look at me and say, well, I don't look like gold. I don't feel like gold. I feel more like copper. I feel more like lead. Even more than that. I feel more like a rock. (laughs) Pastor Miller, you say, I'm down here in this valley and you're talking about gold. There's no gold down here. There's nothing down here but dry bones. What are you talking about gold? Well, that's how you see yourself. God sees you as gold. In the eyes of God, you're gold. But like gold, we have to be refined of our impurities. You see, the gold is covered up with all the stuff that we have over it. Amen, somebody. In the case of gold, it it, it contains zinc, copper, iron. This all has to be melted away by intense fire. And guess what it leaves? Nothing but pure gold. When you're in the valley, the fire comes. The fire. And sometimes, we don't like fire. I don't want no fire on me. But it's necessary to be in a valley. It's necessary for a fire to melt away all our impurities. The gold is dead, but we just can't see it. God can see it, but we can't see it. And so the Holy Spirit comes and he breathes on us and he melts that gold away. what comes out is pure gold. The gold that God knew was there all along. Praise <laughs> So you see the valleys and the midst of this land. Uh, we're going to uh, bring out, we start a process. It's a process of purification. So we're in the valley. The process starts. Because we're at our lowest point. There's nowhere else we can go. The valley is below us and we're trying to get up. That's when the process starts. God stopped his process. You see, he sends the fire in the valley. It's the Holy Spirit. And he starts moving us. He starts moving across our souls. Just like in the first chapter of Genesis when the world was nothing. It was darkness. It was raging oceans all over the place. There was no light. But the text also tells us that the the spirit was hovering, hovering over it, hovering over it, just waiting for, for a command from God. And God said, let there be light. Light never existed before, but God said, let there be light. There's nothing but darkness and raging oceans down there, but God said, let there be light there was light. (laughs) That's why I said we should never, never be without hope. We should always have hope. In the deepest and darkest situation, we should always have hope because one word from God, just one word from God can change our whole life. One word from God can change our whole life. Years of misery and darkness and all this messy when God speaks, all of that can change. All of it can change. All oh, God has to do is just speak. There's power in words. There's power in words. I know we think, well, you know, we got the nuclear bombs, we got all the, the guns and all this thing. That's nothing compared to the power in words. Words have power. You are what you speak. You speak God, then you're God. If you speak like, say, well, I'm nothing and I'm nobody, then that's what you are. Watch this thing. watch this. Thing. You see, our troubles are really a blessing from God. He's preparing us for kingdom work. To work in the kingdom, you can't work in the kingdom unless you've been purified. You can't. You can't do kingdom work unless you're purified. You can't because you'll give up. Because the kingdom work is not easy. People are going to talk about you. People are going to say you're crazy. People are going to say I don't want to listen to you. I don't want to talk. I don't want to hear you. I don't want to. People are not going to. You can't do kingdom work unless the fire is in your belly. And when the fire is in your belly,
2: you don't care what people say. All you care about is what God
1: says. When you're in the valley, God sends the fire in the valley. And he refines you. And when you come Some things that his people didn't like. And, and nobody liked Jeremiah, not even his family like him. Jeremiah says, I want to stop, but every time I stop, it's, it's like a fire up in my bones. I can't keep quiet. I can't keep quiet. I can't keep quiet. I don't know a person in the world that can raise you from the dead. Nobody wants to go through troubles. That's ludicrous. Nobody wants to uh, have things happen in their life. A lot of us find
0: ourselves in trouble valley.
1: If we are right with God, we should be filled with hope. But Paul says in Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Now that I have been put right with God... Now that I have been put right with God, through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. He has brought us by faith into this experience of God's grace in which we now live. So even within the valley, God's grace is around men. And Paul goes on to say so we boast of the hope we have of, watch this, sharing God's glory. Watch this. We boast of our troubles. Yes, we boast about trouble. While I'm in the valley, I'm boasting about my trouble. Because why? Because I know help is on the way. <laughs> he says, because we know that trouble produces endurance. Endurance brings God's approval. And his approval creates what? Hope. And this hope does not disappoint us. For God has poured out his Into our heart by means of the Holy Spirit, who is God's gift to us. Again, we don't want nobody wants to be in trouble. But while I'm in trouble valley,
0: while I'm in the valley,
1: I know that hope is on the way. I can't give you the date when it's coming, but I can tell you with surety that it's on the way. Now in verses 4 and 6, God tells Ezekiel, prophesize to these dry bones. <laughs> or tell them, I am going to put breath back in them. And cover them with sinews and muscle and skin. And I'm going to bring them back to life. Did you see that? Did you hear that? Did you hear what God told Ezekiel? These dry bones which means they've been dry for years. They're not just bones, fresh bones. Some have just passed away. They're dry bones. God says, I'm going to put breath in them dry bones. Nobody can do that but God. And I'm going to cover them, what? With sinews. Oh, praise God. And muscle, and skin. And I'm going to bring them back to life. God is not the God of the dead. He's the God of the living. He's the God of the living. Oh, I wish you could understand what I'm trying to do today. Oh, God help me to understand. If I'm using the wrong words, God help me use the right word. I want them to understand you are, that even in the pallet of these dry bones that nothing is impossible for you nah. Nah. nothing nah. oh thank you Jesus but he also asks Ezekiel a question in verse 3 he says can these bones live again you know and those who don't know God they would say well no they can't live again Ezekiel didn't say that. Only you know God. Notice that he only asked Ezekiel to do one thing. He asked him to do one thing. He said, prophesy or speak to the bones. I don't want you to come and try to connect them together. I don't want you to do any of that there. Ezekiel, just speak to the bones. Why? Why did he tell me? Because God has put the fire in Ezekiel's belly. God has allowed his Holy Spirit to, to fill Ezekiel up. And when you're anointed by the Holy Spirit, you don't have to do a whole lot of other stuff. You just speak God's word. Just speak to him. Just speak. There's power. There's power. There's power in words. If the Spirit is on you, there's power in works. You can refute things. Get away from me. I refute you. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Get away from me. Sickness, go on away from me. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. For you see, I'm under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And God of to work through. It's not about me. It's God and the Holy Spirit. So he tells Ezekiel to, to prophesy or speak to the bones. He doesn't ask him to pray for the bones. He doesn't ask him to read scripture. He doesn't try to put
2: them back together by himself. He
1: says, Ezekiel,
2: just
1: speak to them. There's power. There's power in the the church. Under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I didn't say the church. I said the church. In Numbers, the 20th chapter, beginning in verse 7, Moses got himself in trouble. Let it be a lesson for us. It tells us that the Lord spoke to Moses. Take the stick that is in front of the covenant box, and then you and Aaron assemble the whole community there in front of them, there in front of them all. Speak to the rock over there, and water will gush out of it my time here. He tells Moses to speak to the rock and water will gush out of it. In this way, you will bring water out of the rock for the people, but then and the animals to drink. Moses went and got the stick as the Lord had commanded. He and Aaron assembled the whole community in front of the rock. And Moses said, listen, you rebels, do we have to get water out of this rock for you? And then Moses raised the stick and struck the rock twice with it. And a great stream of water gushed out and all the people and the animals drank. But the Lord reprimanded Moses and Aaron. He said, Because you did not have enough faith to acknowledge my holy power before the people of Israel, you will not lead them into the land that I promised to give them. This happened at Mirabah, where the people of Israel complained against the Lord and where he showed them that he is holy. You see, Moses dishonored God. God did not ask him to hit that rock. God asked him to speak to the rock. And water will come out. Just speak to the rock. And water will come out. See, when we don't understand, we we often do it. Not only do we just just do a disservice to God, but we do a disservice to the Holy Spirit. When we are under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, we are like refined and pure gold. It's not a time to back off and say, Well, I don't know about this. No, those times are over. You can't do that. But you have to start speaking with authority. Come on somebody, I said you have to speak with authority. If God has given you authority, you speak with that authority. When you speak, you mean it. You don't speak and say, well I hope God does this. No, you speak and mean it. Don't worry about that, because God is behind you, just speak. See, we have a habit of not speaking the word. We have a habit of, uh, of going down in the valley when we're not even supposed to be in the valley. There's plenty of times where we're not supposed to be in the valley. There's plenty of times where God didn't put us there like he put his feet in the valley. We put ourselves in the valley. We put ourselves in the valley. Then we have to speak our way out of the valley.
2: I don't care about them drive on
1: same thing as saying, you disarmed me. You didn't acknowledge my holy power. That's the word. You didn't acknowledge my holy Ezekiel didn't ask God how all those dry bones were going to live. He didn't ask God. He God, how, these bones are dry. How are you going to put? How are you going to do? It? He didn't do all of that. You don't ask God questions like that. He just did as God told him to do. He spoke to the bones. That's all he did. God asked him to do something. Anything. You see, when we are in the valley, the Holy Spirit is with us, and when we first became Christian, we received the Holy Spirit. When we became Christian, God sent his Holy Spirit. It hasn't gone anywhere. He hasn't gone anywhere. When you're sick, the Holy Spirit doesn't leave your body. He's still there. When you're going through doesn't mean that the holy There's nothing that God can't do. We, when we receive the Holy Spirit and he will be with us forever, Jesus tells us this himself. Jesus, Now let me ask you a question. Does Jesus lie? No. He tells us in John chapter 14 verses 16 through 17a. He said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper who will stay with like when you build a fire in your fireplace and the fire goes up and there's a few ashes that are around there, you know? How- do what Paul told Timothy to do in a second letter to him, in which we read earlier, but it's so important, I'm going to read it again. Paul says, for this reason I'm I you to keep alive or stir up the gift, the Holy Spirit is talking about, that God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For the spirit that God has given us does not make us timid. Instead, he has filled us with power, love, and self-control. Amen. Amen. When you're in the valley, you still have what? Power, love, and self-control. You just let the circumstances kind of cover up, so you don't know that you have that. But you do have that. Because the Spirit hasn't gone anywhere the Spirit is with you forever. There's power in the Word under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Again, in Genesis chapter 1, through 1-3, the text tells us, in the beginning, when God created the universe, the earth was formless and desolate. The raging ocean that covered everything was engulfed in total darkness. And the Spirit of God was moving over and God commanded, let there be light, and light appeared. It's power. And the anointing of the Holy Spirit is power. There's no one who has been anointed with God's Holy Spirit although who has proclaimed Jesus as, as their Lord and Savior is without power you have that power, you're just not using it. God is not going to come down here and say, look, the Holy Spirit is in you, I think you to start using that power. God is not going to do that. He's already supplied us with the power that we need. And circumstances shouldn't be overpower or anything else. Nobody can do anything with the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 11, verse 43, Jesus called Lazarus from the dead. He said, Lazarus, come out. Before he called him from the dead, he was praying to God. He said, God, I know you hear me. You always hear me. I'm just doing it for the sake of the people who are around here. Jesus is trying to tell them, I know God hears me all the time. I'm just doing it for you people around here. And Jesus spoke the word. He says, "Lazarus, come out!" He didn't ask God how you're going to do it or uh, uh, how you're going to open it, uh, get the stone away. He he said two words: "Lazarus, come out." That's all he said. In the twenty-first Psalm, verse four, David says, "Yea, though I walk." Through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. We know David has been through many valleys. But God brought him out of every single one of them. And then when he got to be an old man, he remembered them. He remembered when he was in the valley of the shadow of death. And he he remembered that, that the rod and staff of God comforted him. There's power under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. There's power in the name of Jesus. There is power that will bring us out of the valley and place us on the mountaintop. We can't stay in the mountaintop all the time. Neither can we stay in the valleys all the time. When we find ourselves and know that God is near. Just be still and stir up the Spirit and speak to the troubles in your life under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Remember the psalmist who spoke under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He said in Psalms 46 1-3, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble." Therefore, will not we receive- Just take it. Help us, help us, help us. Yes, there are times when we will be in the valley of trouble, but we also have to remember that there's fire in the valley. And we believe that He will either bring us out of the valley or He will sustain us while we're in the valley. Either way, we win. See, the valley refines us and purifies us. And so when we come out, with the substance and it's still bothering him. He's trying to get away from it, but he covers it again with the substance and he's trying to get away and it's irritating. You know how we get irritated sometimes and he keeps covering and covering and pretty soon when you open the oyster, guess what? It's a pearl. It's a pearl. So when you're irritated, when you're irritated, call on the Holy Spirit. When you're down, call on the Holy Spirit. When there's trouble in your house, call on the Holy Spirit. When your body is sick, call on the Holy Spirit.